Hi, my name is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast of the New Testament. I'll be using as the text the King James Version, along with the Joseph Smith Translation. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll also be using quotes from general authorities of the Church, the Apostles and Prophets, and BYU professors and others, and uh, every word out of the Scriptures themselves. So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hi, welcome back. This will be for 1 Timothy chapter 3. The heading reads, Qualifications set forth for bishops and deacons. Great is the mystery of godliness. Verse 1, This is a true saying, If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. The qualifications for a bishop out of the handbook of instructions and from letter of the first presidency uh, Paul holds a meeting of bishops and warns that wolves will enter the fold even among the bishops. So Paul is telling Timothy here to call good men to be the bishops of the church. In Acts it says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Verse 2, a bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, nor no, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, but co- not covetous. A better interpretation would be sexual loyalty to the lawful spouse. In other words, when he says husband of one wife, um, just that he's uh, chaste and and, uh, fit, fit, and, f- and has fidelity to his wife. President Kimball said, Filthy lucre is blood money, that which is obtained through theft and, bro- and robbery. It is that obtained through gambling or the operation of gambling establishments. Filthy lucre is that had through sin or sinful operations, and that which comes from the handling of liquor, beer, narcotics, and other and those other th- other many things that are displeasing in the sight of the Lord. Filthy lucre is that money which comes from bribery and from exploitation. Compromise money is filthy. Graft money is unclean. Profits and commission derived from the sale of worthless stocks are contaminated, as is the money derived from other deceptions, excessive charges, oppression to the poor, and compensation which is not fully earned. I feel strongly that men who accept wages or salary and do not give the commensurate time, energy, devotion, and services are receiving money that is not clean. Certainly those who deal in the forbidden are recipients of filthy lucre. Verse uh, 4 One that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them that are which are without, lest he fall into the reproach and the snare of the devil. Likewise, the deacon must be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre, holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience, and let those who, let those, and let these also first be proved. Then let them use the office of a deacon, being found blameless. Even so, must their wives be grave, not slander, sober, faithful in all things." Let the deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children in their own house as well. In that day, a man was not considered qualified to take part in the ministry until he was 30 years old. Noah was only 10 years old when he was given the priesthood under the hands of Methuselah. Also remember that um, 
that you, in order to be uh, in the ministry too, you had to be married. That's why we know that Jesus and John the Baptist were both married. Verse 13, for they that have used the, the office of a deacon well purchased to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus, these things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. The pillar and ground of the truth is, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glor- unto glory. Why is it that many men do not believe and accept the gospel? Why are there so few among the many who actually know and understand the doctrines of salvation? How is it that only a handful out of the billions of earth's inhabitants know the truth about God and his laws? Why is religion a hidden mystery to mankind generally? One of the main reasons is that religion is not a matter of reason alone. It is based on or comprehended by the power of intellectuality. It is not based on that. Because a man has a bright mind, because he is a profound scholar, because he knows or has discovered great truths in any of a hundred fields, does not mean he knows or understands religious truths. True religion comes from God by revelation. It is manifest to and understood by those who, with a talent for spirituality. It is hidden, unknown, and mysterious to all others. To comprehend the things of the world, one must be intellectually enlightened. To know and understand the things of God, one must be spiritually enlightened. One of the great fallacies of modern Christendom is turning for religious guidance to those who are highly endowed intellectually, rather than to those who comprehend the things of the Spirit, to those who, perceive, to those who receive personal revelation from the Holy Ghost. True religion, for instance, embraces the verity that God is a holy man, that, that we are his spirit offspring, that his firstborn in the spirit was his only begotten in the flesh, that through faith men may become like Christ, that eternal life is gained through the continuation of the family unit in eternity. None of these truths are born of reason alone. All spring from revelation. None sinks into the heart of a true believer because of intellectual capacity. All have the right of truth. All have the ring of truth to those who are spiritually endowed, who are born again, who are alive in the things of the Spirit. And that was by Bruce R. McConkie. So that's the end of the chapter, and we will see you next time. Bye.